right. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Fate's Wide Wheel. I'm Sam. I'm Dennis. We are We're here back after week. a couple weeks yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we are here. Um, it's it's been uh, a little a little bit of time. We we took some time off um, just because logistically we were having a hard time coordinating everything with everything going on in one another's lives. And then I got COVID on my birthday. Uh, uh. I, as listeners know, I had taken an understudy gig uh, at a theater here in Chicago and. Um, I had been needed multiple times um, and ended up going on um, this past Sunday. Uh, Sunday would have been like the, the 22nd of May. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was COVID-free. Uh, everything was fine. And then um, we had a pickup rehearsal uh, on Thursday, the 26th of May. And uh, I took a test and the rapid test was negative. The PCR test ended up being positive, which I found out the following day, Friday, May 27th, which is my birthday. Uh, I was mm-hmm. sitting down to eat my birthday dinner with my family and, uh, you know, just oh, checked the email God. while I while I was waiting for them to all get to the table because the food had arrived as we ordered in from Chicago Diner because it's one of my favorite places. Amazing oh, God, vegetarian yeah. vegan food and, uh, mm-hmm. you know getting everything ready and I'm checking my phone while the kids and Jess are getting to the table and I got the email and I was in denial for a minute, immediately took another rapid test. It was negative. And, um, you know, I had been feeling okay. And, uh, I even got to the point where, you know, you reached out to me and you were like, Hey, uh, do you want to record tonight? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm probably fine, but maybe we'll, we'll, we'll hold off. And then I rallied a couple hours afterwards and I was like, yeah, let's do it. And, and, you know, you had already made other plans, which is totally understandable. Uh, so we decided to record a couple of days later. And, uh, the funny thing about that is I probably feel the worst that I've felt this entire time. <laughs> uh today but it's it's fine it's still it's still incredibly mild all things considered uh i actually recorded with the quantum leap podcast last saturday which was a heck of a lot of fun um you know and i was feeling pretty great that day i didn't have any issues whatsoever um so make sure you check out the quantum leap podcast episode uh with their show and tell um on youtube that'll be uh, a lot of fun it was great i unfortunately because i was isolating and quarantined didn't have access to any of my things so i was just kind of along for the ride you know and and saying sure I have that. I have that. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny. It's like when you, when you texted me that, I was like, Oh, that's, that's when you're, I knew you were serious about your isolation. Like you didn't even have Jessica throw it down the stairs, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun, like I said. And, uh, and Allison, Allison Pregler has an amazing collection of stuff. Uh, just oh, an God, amazing yeah. collection of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, seeing some of the stuff that, that, that Matt Dale has as well. And Brian Green, who runs the, uh, Al's Place website. Um, mm-hmm. he's got some really, really cool pieces, um, too. So it was, it was really cool to, to see what everyone had and, and to just get the chance to talk to everybody. And um, uh, I, I hope people will enjoy it as much I, I think as, as we had doing it. Um, Fantastic, because yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. All right, great. So uh, with that in mind, of uh, you not feeling great, I don't have COVID, but we've had a busy uh, a busy weekend. Uh, it was my birthday this last weekend. That's right. And our youngest Eleanor's the week before, so we had a Moana themed party. Uh, that's over awesome. the weekend and we had a few people over and she did not like it she oh no i mean i mean she i mean she wasn't like upset or anything she just has this very like weary shooting everybody side eye kind of thing going yeah on. uh but it, it was it was a lot of fun for the rest of us and whatever but we're still we're still kind of recovering from that uh so with that in mind we're going to talk about this week's episode played against seymour and we're going to try to keep it truly in the spirit of the capsule review try to keep it a little bit shorter than what we've kept the uh the last few ones and we've gotten a, a ton of great emails that we keep saying that we're going to read so i think what, what sam and i decided uh before we, we hit record is that we're we're not going to re- address any emails this week or comments this week what we're going to do is we're going to save it for our next episode it's kind of a palate cleanser between season one and season two uh we're just going to do an all email comment feedback episode and just dive into those, like really spend time with those. So if you've sent us an email and we haven't responded to it yet, uh, so sorry. Like we say, we're just two tired dads. Uh, we're going to jump into it. And uh, yeah. we're keeping things kind of dark. I got to work on my lighting setup. You don't have your ring light on because you're not, you're not uh, feeling great. You'll feel a little good. Yeah. But you know, it all, it all fits the noir mood. 
That's our, right. Our episode this week. It does. Now, before before we jump right in, though, we did want to take a couple of moments just to talk about the new series and some of the new information that we have, um, which isn't much. And it's stuff that's been out there kind of in the ecosystem for a couple of weeks. So most of our listeners are probably already well aware. Um, but one of the things that I did want to address is that there's been some questions about um, – um, you know, when the, the show will shoot and where it will shoot. Um, when, we don't know for certain. I, I would imagine that they're probably, you know, I in August uh, is when they'll begin filming new episodes. Um, you know, it could be a little bit later than that. I don't imagine it'll be any earlier than that, um, although it's possible. Um, and as far as where they are, we've mentioned this before, but just to kind of reconfirm, um, all indications, everything that we that we have and everything that we know and everything that the cast has been talking about is that they will be shooting in Los Angeles. Um, we know that Caitlin Bassett uh, just moved from New York to Los Angeles, like literally just a couple of days ago. Uh, her Instagram, you know, had multiple posts of her saying goodbye to New York and all of her friends and um, sharing a bunch of, uh, you know, wonderful images and memories from her time in New York, uh, including all the way up to like being selected as a part of that ABC showcase and newcomers thing where she kind of, you know, that's where she get, got the momentum, which eventually landed her the, the quantum leap audition, uh, and, and got her the role there. Um, so she's moving to LA. We know that Mason Alexander park, they have already moved to LA, I believe are in the process of moving to LA. Um, and then, um, Raymond Lee already lives there, so he doesn't have to move. Sure. Um, yeah. But and, and neither does Ernie Hudson. Um, so we can just tell, you know, based off of all of that, that that everyone is moving out to LA. It looks like LA will be where it's shot. Um, you know, I mean, that's where the original series was shot. So mm-hmm. I imagine there will be some location shooting here and there, but probably not too much. Um, so so we'll see. But yeah, I'm, I'm guessing August shooting in LA, and uh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens after that uh we'll probably we'll probably get some info about scripts and maybe episode titles for the first season i would imagine some of that stuff will leak you know early sure. august late august somewhere around there um mm. we'll see who gets I, I to feel, it first <laughs> we're sure yeah i i feel like i've seen one article talking about i think that they have planned for the first season one episode where where he leaps in to uh to a rock to a spaceship that is about ready to take off Mm, like, okay. Like, like, very similar to um, uh, the wrong stuff. Yes. And and even like there was like there was a hint in the article like they they even make a sly like for if you're if you're like an OG fan they even make a sly reference to the wrong stuff in the <laughs> intro. Nice. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. At some point, we should have an episode or part of an episode where we just uh, we just speculate on like what are some of the leaps that right. we're going to say, you know, um, I was thinking like, and we're going to talk about you know, how played against Seymour is a, is a genre episode that they kind of got away from. Like what, like what are some of the genre movies of the 1980s that we could dive into? I want to see a buddy. I want to see movies like, come on, I, there we go. There we go. <laughs> buddy cop. I want to see a roadhouse movie. Totally. Yes. Yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I like that. Something, it's a, something set or in or around like Wall Street, you know, something about money and power in New York and greed. And exactly. even, even yeah. if they want to take the comedy twist and go like more secret of my success versus Wall Street, I'm fine with that. Sure. Secret of my success. That was yeah. my jam. Someone posted, <laughs> on, uh, uh, someone posted on Twitter the other day. They're like, they're going to have Van Leap into a boy band, aren't they? Oh, I hope so. They totally are. That's yeah. gonna be, that's gonna that's okay. gonna be their that's gonna be their glitter rock. Here's our first big tangent. You say that, and it made me think of I watched it chapter one recently. I had not seen it yet. Dennis and I, of course, are, are Stephen King fans. We've talked about Stephen King. We talked about it specifically before on the podcast. I did not get to the theaters to see it. I, I actually at one point. Uh, bought the movie on Blu-ray. It came without the digital code, so I sent it back, and I was going to reorder to get the digital code, and I never did. Now, of course, it's on HBO Max. I'm isolating. I got nothing better to do, so I watch It Chapter 1. So spoilers for It Chapter 1 real quick. That was one of the things that I thought was hilarious is when Ben is listening to his Walkman, and Beverly comes over, and she like you know pulls the, the headphones off to listen to what he's listening to, and he's listening to New Kids on the Block. Uh- <laughs> that that was adorable and i loved it and uh i and and 
I was kind of against the, the changing of the times, sure. you know, because I, I enjoyed the novel being set in the 50s and, and the 80s. And so to to change that around, um, you know, at first I was kind of like, eh, I don't know about this, but it, it, it worked. It didn't distract or bother me at all. There were other things that did, but that's besides the point. Anyway, there's my first tangent for the episode. There we go. My we're gonna have a lot of rattled these, brain. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get there. We're gonna get it there. Uh, so anyway, before <laughs> we dive into the episode proper, uh, let's do some housekeeping. Uh, find us on the web, fateswidewheel.com, all the social, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok. Haven't done anything on TikTok yet. Posted a couple videos on TikTok, and I just want to say this: if you are on TikTok, please do us a favor and find us and follow us at Fates Wide Wheel. I'm making that specific ask because the way that the TikTok algorithm works right now, and they're constantly shifting it, but the way it works right now is if you're a new account starting out, it can be really hard to get traction because they show your video to your followers first, Mm -hmm. and then they expand it out to at large. But if you don't have any followers, it's, it's really hard to just yelling into the void, yelling into the void. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we're going to start producing, content for that here pretty soon uh we have a couple new patrons let's read off our patrons here let's do it at the beginning of the episode instead of the end because we get really long-winded at the end and we know a lot of people probably drop off there uh, a couple new ones uh amy holtkamp thank you so much karen saxon she's a long-time listener uh guested on an episode actually guested on two episodes well. <laughs> but, then, but then we screwed the pooch uh, something happened uh we had a technical glitch and then we had to re-record that that was a fun time anyway mm-hmm. uh karen saxon thank you and then, of course uh rich bork christopher redmond audrey actually dana bias and jill wilson thank you all so yeah thank much you all so much Very for kind your support you. now uh any more tangents before we dive in no before we go all right let's dive in to season one finale played against seymour let's do it Let's do it. I'll read the uh, description off IMDb this time. This one's pretty simple. Sam, in the body of a bogey-like Seamus, teams up with a neat kid to find the hitman who killed his partner. Pretty simple have and straightforward. Pretty simple and straightforward. Let's get to the writing of this episode. So, sure. um, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting because the construction of the episode overall is well done. I think that... Uh, like you've said, and you mentioned it, I believe on Twitter as well, that as, as far as being one of the genre episodes that they, that they did, which again, they kind of fell off from, um, which I thought the show was a little bit better for, I, you know, I will always contend that season two overall and, you know, the first few episodes of season through three are the best, like that's the best stretch of quantum leap. And so many of those episodes are just, just well-written television dramas, you know, they don't necessarily need anything to be a pastiche of or, or, or parody or, or whatever. Mm. Um, I think it, it works for the most part. I think it gets a little overindulgent. I think it gets a little too pleased with itself at times, um, with all of the references and all of the, you know, the corn corny pulp dialogue. Uh, I, I think that had it had, it had a little bit more restraint on some of that, um, had it been a little bit more clear about Lionel and, and, and him being, you know, the, because it kind of just comes out of nowhere that all of a sudden, like he's the bad guy. And it's like, mm-hmm. wait, what that guy? Like, why? Like, why is that guy the bad guy? Oh, he had a thing for the girl. Okay. But, but, but why did, would he, I it just, it, it, that felt a little out of nowhere to me. That said, I think the principles are done well. Uh, I think Seymour is, is written very well. And I think other than that revelation at the end uh, of who the killer is, um, not making a whole lot of sense. Um, I, I think that it's done well. Um, but I did play it safe as Dennis would say, I gave it a seven. Um, All right. I felt like, I felt like I, maybe I could have given it an eight, but I felt like a seven was, was, was the highest I could go. Okay. Um, so here's my feeling about that. And I, and I posted on this uh, in the little back and forth in Twitter that I posted with, with Audrey, actually, actually. Um, I think for the genre episodes to work, they have to fully commit to it. Hmm. Uh, and I think they have to fully lean into it because uh, Audrey pointed out Blood Moon. Right. Like that was like their attempt. And for me, like I don't think of that as one of the genre episodes. And I think part of that is that Sam is so grounded. Sam is so resistant to the idea of anything spooky or supernatural or vampires or whatever. It just feels like Sam fighting against the story and it doesn't work. So I think for the genre there's episode, there's a couple other reasons why that <laughs> doesn't work. Right, but. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I think 
I think the genre episodes are successful is because Sam leans into it so heavily. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think that's what makes it work. And it's, uh, and I, I don't know if it will work for, you know, constantly throughout, but I wish they would have continued like to come back and like do these kind of like genre episodes sure. or more, like fluffy episodes, you know, two or three times a season where they just like, just, just totally lean into it, let it go and lean into the idea that Belisario had that, that quantum leap was an anthology series where they really had a chance to explore those, those, those different kinds of episodes. Cause like you know, we talked about it before, had there been a sixth season, Belisario was planning to do a cartoon leap and have Sam leap into a cartoon character. Yeah. And when asked about the logistics of that, he was basically like, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. Right. Right. I mean, I, you know, I will say that, that, because I, I, I don't wholly disagree with you, but I will say that they do try to do some genre episodes, you know, and some sort of pastiche episodes in season five, and they don't work, you know, and, 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 and I think part of the reason they don't work in defense of what you were saying, actually, is because they did get so far away from that. By the time they came back to it, it didn't feel quite like it didn't feel quite like quantum leap anymore because they had explored some other, uh, other ground and done and done a better job of it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's why I think that, you you know, season two, it really figures out, you know, so much about what the show can be. And I still think that there are some sort of, you know, there are episodes that borrow a little bit here and there from other sorts of genres and, and, and stuff that was popular, you know, in film or television at the time. But, uh, I, I just think that writing wise, like specifically speaking to the writing, I think that the writing gets a lot stronger in season two and season three to a degree. I think it starts to fall off a little bit here and there in, in, in you know, in season four, obviously. And then season five, I think is all over the place. Um, the odd thing is, is I feel like there are some episodes that we'll talk about later that might be better written um, than they are in execution. Um but you know that said, I, I, I do think that I, I do think that you're you're not wrong. I think that when you know when Sam in particular is, is enjoying the trappings of the leap a little bit, it, it certainly helps to sell it when it's this type mm-hmm. of episode. Sure. Um, you know when it feels kind of like a bit of a pastiche. But but I don't know. To 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 me, you know, I've said this many times before. We've talked about it before. To me, I just think that Quantum Leap is is stronger when it does, you know, kind of those, those living room dramas, those family dramas, mm-hmm. um, or when it is having fun and being, you know, almost like a road movie, like, um, uh, freedom or her charm or, you know what sure. I mean? Like, I feel like that those episodes tend to be a little bit stronger for me overall. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I I, sure. I, 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 I don't, I don't completely disagree with what you're saying though. And I think that had they, had they maybe attempted to do this a little bit more in season two and in season three, then maybe there would have been more episodes. I think that would rise above that I would see. And I would sure. be like, Oh yeah, those genre episodes are great. But because when they tried to do it in season five in particular, it just felt like kind of a, mess. it was just, yeah, yeah, it was a uh, it was just a cluster mug to make an obscure Stephen <laughs> King reference. Uh, and it, it, I, I hadn't really thought about you know Lionel being kind of a weird thing. Like it did when I watched the episode today, it did cross my mind. Like oh, it does just kind of come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But also the thing, but the thing I like about it is that Lionel is the only male character in the episode who knows of Allison and is not drooling over her in the rest of the episode. Mm. Every other man we meet drools over her down to the elevator guy right right you know wanting to take her to the ball game the day after her husband is killed so i kind of think i uh, do you think here's to dig far deeper into this script than probably anybody else ever has but do you think that that is because in his mind he already has her like that's part of his thing, right? Like in his mind, she's already his girl. He has oh, yeah. this fantasy. So in yeah. his fantasy, because she's already his, he doesn't need to drool over her the same way that the other guys do. Do you think that that's part of him? I think that that could be part psychologically of psychologically speaking. Psychologically, <laughs> or I, you know, to be honest, like I'm not up on my noir movies and stories. Like I don't know if this is like directly this whole idea is like taking specifically from a specific movie where they're, they're lifting that idea. Like, no, because generally in, in noir, cause I mean, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with the genre generally in noir, 
the it's the protagonist or your anti-hero character that that ends mm-hmm. up being that uh, that either is at first the least interested in the femme fatale but then of course gets drawn you know into her web by the you know the midpoint of the movie at least um but yeah generally th- those are the ones that are kind of the, the hardened sort of you know i'm not buying your act baby you know sort of thing you, you know as opposed to as opposed yeah. to somebody like Lionel who's the the heavy and uh usually the heavy is you know completely infatuated and possessive which he does obviously that's the reveal right the, the reveal is, is that he does have this this you know deep infatuation and and you know thinks that she's already his and that they're going to fly off and be happy ever after together and that they just need to leave LA and everything will be okay but yeah i, I it's weird because the 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 episode um obviously plays into a lot of those conventions but in some ways you know it almost owes more to the pulps that Seymour is so infatuated with than it does to actual sure. film noir. Um, Fair. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm complaining. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. But I do think it draws a lot from, from those, you know, those hard boiled sort of, sure. you know, film noir films, you, you know, I mean, obviously you, when, when you put your main character that Sam or not your main character, but when you put the person that Sam has left into uh, as being kind of the spitting image of, of, of Humphrey Bogart, okay. yeah. what do you, yeah. What do you expect? Right. Mm, exactly yeah so anyway upshot i gave it eight out of ten right on i can i can see that um all right so next up uh directing um so here's something that's interesting um you know i think the script is 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 good solid uh not necessarily remarkable um, but I do think the directing is, I think this episode is incredibly well directed. I think there's a lot of interesting choices that are made with the way that it's framed and the way that the storytelling, um, is done. Um, I think that, you know, they get a lot of mileage out of the, the locations that they use, um, which I think will kind of go into play with production values a little bit as well. Um, but I really liked this, and for, I think, the similar reasons to you liking the episode overall, because it does the genre so well, I, I that's kind of where I ended up. It does the genre so well. It looks really good. Um, it looks great on Blu-ray. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I think it's just, it's, 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 a, it's a really, 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 really great example of, of directing this type of Quantum Leap episode. I give it a nine. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, I think I'm going to bring mine up to nine too. <laughs> Cause for everything. And it's just like some, like some of the interesting choices that they, that they did in the shooting, everything you said. And, and the one where, uh, uh, where Seymour goes to meet Sam at his office. And they have this one scene that just takes place through the office door. Yeah. And you hear it. And I don't, it's just like, it was just a different, choice like it was a different thing like oh that's an that's an interesting choice right i don't know why i like it so much but i like it yeah well and 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 one of my favorite i mean this is legitimately one of my favorite like quantum leap you know reveals ever as far as i'm concerned i love the way that we're given the time and place off of the the oh yeah hand and zoom in on the uh, on the newspaper now mm-hmm. i'm not a huge fan of the way they cut it like i don't understand why they had to cut the extra shot in there i guess you know maybe it just didn't work but i'm not going to nitpick that too much because you know it's it's tv and and they were doing the best that they could but yeah i just love that i love the fact that sam thinks that he's in los angeles because of the dodgers but you know this is before they moved out west so they're he's in, you know they're brooklyn dodgers at this point mm-hmm. so like it, it just tells us so much and that kind of that economy of the storytelling is really really well done um and i yeah i i just i love that um yeah and i, and, and I think that. that sets the tone for the whole episode Sure. Over, I love the fact that he says I'm still in LA because that's where he just was. Right. That's right. And I love that at this point in the series, they were still playing with this idea of like, of like, where am I in relation to New Mexico? You know, and like, and like, mm, and am bouncing. I getting closer? Mm-hmm. Am, am I getting closer, bouncing around? And I, another thing, like, I wish that they had held on to. Yeah. Right. Throughout the show. Right. Uh, well, also, we're also worth noting we are a few months before Sam's birthday. That's right. We, we can get into a whole yeah thing about that. Oh uh, God, could we? Yeah. Um, God or God or Fader time. April, August. They sound kind of like eh. Pff. Yeah. 
why not? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, which is which is something that obviously has been debated a lot, and we talked a lot about it on our initial episode, which you can go find in the archives for a much lengthier discussion of that and many other facets of this episode. Um, yeah, I, I, I just I, I was really kind of surprised with how much I liked uh, the direction of the episode. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there's just a, a lot a, a lot to like about it. Um, you know, there's some things that that don't work overall. Uh, and I'd like to get into that actually by moving on to acting because I think that this sure. is the, this is the weird category for me uh, on this episode. Interesting. Okay. So uh, I think Scott and Dean are phenomenal in this episode because they are able to, as you mentioned before we even start talking about it, like Scott is able to lean into the trappings of the episode as Sam perfectly, and yet never lose sight of Sam. You know, never lose sight of of who he really is and the relationship that he has with this other person played so perfectly by by Dean. Um, this is another like just perfectly dialed in Al as far as I'm concerned, because we get such a multifaceted Al. You know, this isn't just the, you know, the Lothario. This isn't just um, the 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 information dump like this is a fully realized character. And that and, and, and that goes to the writing as well. Um, but, uh, I, I just, I really like Al in this episode and I think that they're both wonderful. Um, the chemistry's great. You know, the moment where Sam, uh, you know, insults Al about, you know, his womanizing yeah. and drinking and everything. And, and then that the entire, that entire scene at the bar. Yeah. That, in, yes, yes, just, yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, Lee Harvey Oswald, I mean, Seymour is, uh, is also, uh, just mm-hmm. fantastic. I think he's. He's so great because it would be so easy to lean into, you know, this caricature that he is when we first meet him. And yet there's always something more at play. There's always something a little bit deeper to the character. And again, when Sam hurts him, you know, we really discover who Seymour mm-hmm. is and who and Seymour's relationship with um oh, I'm I'm blanking right now, uh COVID brain on uh on the leapy, but, uh, but with, you know, Nick, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the Nick, the, Nick the, Callen, the, yeah. the relationship that the two of them have, um, is on full display and, and, and it, it's just some really, really wonderful stuff. I love Claudia Christian. Everyone who mm-hmm. listens to this podcast, has ever listened to this podcast knows I'm a huge Babylon five fan. And Susan mm-hmm. Ivanova is, is one of my favorite Babylon five characters. I think that she does everything that she needs to do in this episode to be successful but not much more. And I don't know if that's because of the script, which is kind of where I'm laying most of the blame, uh, or the directing. I don't think so because so much else is done with the direction, but the character never really rises above being, you know, the stereotype of, of, of the, what we would expect from that type of character. And I think that that's unfortunate. I think that I think because we get some really well-rounded characters, um, you know, like Seymour, for instance, that it would have been really nice if Allison had been a little bit more well-rounded, a little bit deeper, because I, you know, you start to question at some point Sam's infatuation with her, because it does feel like it's mostly just you know looks and and that you know and that she's she's the femme fatale, so he's supposed to be, and 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 again, it's it, 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 is it the acting? I don't know, maybe. Probably partly, but I also think it's probably the writing. Um, but overall, I mean, everything that we see throughout the course of the episode, I think the acting is exactly where it needs to be for a lot of these characters. It does exactly what it needs to do. Um, so I feel really comfortable giving this an eight. Uh, and again, a lot of that goes to to our regulars um, and Seymour. I think that I think that they do a really really wonderful job. And 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 I it surprised me. I surprised myself after watching this episode and kind of thinking about the scores I was going to give it that I was rating mm-hmm. it so so high because I didn't expect to. I didn't expect sure. to have enjoyed it as much as I did because uh, I don't think I was super flattering the last time around. I don't think I trashed it by any means, but I don't think that. I I rated Mm -hmm. it as highly as I did this time. Sure. Uh, I think it's worth noting uh, Willie Garson, who played Seymour. Unfortunately, he has passed away since we reviewed the episode. I did not know that. Yeah, he actually passed away last September. Hmm. Um, And and I remember like that. uh, 
was was right around when uh, it was like right before the new, the new Sex and the City came out. I just remember there there being some stuff said that I can't remember. That's I there, there right. was there was a little bit like like I he do got a little, remember that. Yeah, well. yeah, he got a little short shrift as far as like like tributes that were given to him. I can't remember. Oh, I think they, they, he just got like the way his character was not given like very much tribute in the in the revival. I think that's what I'm that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, I, com- I you know I I did I completely forgot unfortunately and yeah uh, yeah yeah mm. but uh but on the whole like the acting in this like I, I said it before in previous episodes everybody understood the assignment right 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 you know what i mean uh you know like you said like uh willie garson came in like really good to see more character and showed like you know obviously like a very like over-the-top character but also very vulnerable uh, and relatable in, in weird ways. Yeah. If you if you've ever been if you have ever been a nerd mm-hmm. who has I you know who has idolized someone in your life, um, it, it, it's yeah, it's it's very it's very touching. It's very poignant. Yes. it reminds me a lot of. I'm not sure. I don't know. We ever talked about how much of a Mash fan that you were. Oh, totally. Um, but there's one episode of Mash where where basically Hawkeye goes off on radar, basically says like, like you're closer to me than my underwear. You got to stop idolizing me yeah. and really, it really hurts radar. Yeah. And, and every time I watch this episode, I think, of, I think of that episode. What a wonderful, what a wonderful comparison. I think that that's right on the money that oh. Seymour is kind of our radar. I mean, really? That, mm-hmm. that, yeah. Yeah. And there's just so many lovely moments and, and, and again, they get, they get played so well. And I feel like they're the type of moments that quite frankly, I might not enjoy as much in, in lesser hands, but even like the eyeglass moment where he's fiddling with the lens and it like pops out and Sam catches it mm-hmm. and puts it back in for him. It, I, I feel like that's a moment that unless you get it just right, it doesn't work. It just looks silly. It looks dumb. Mm. You know, it looks yeah. over, it looks, it, it looks overly prepared and, 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 and somehow they, you know, they really pull it off well. Um, mm. And I think that that's one of those things where it's like, you, you know, the acting, directing, everything kind of comes together, you know, mm. the editing, the, the cinematography and, 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 and helps to pull it off. But um, yeah. Yeah. How about that? I I, yeah, I never uh, I, ne- I I I didn't expect to just be so moved by Seymour as I was, but but yeah, this time around I, I really yeah Seymour really did it for me. Yeah, and and, and that's the scene at the bar between Sam and yeah. I. Yeah, it's just wonderful. I I don't know as the series goes on as the series goes on how many scenes we get like that where it, it it's just like a straight up scene between Sam and Mal, and they cover and like they're they're all over the place, like they're talking specifically about you know, the details of the leap, but they're also touching on how it personally affects them. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that the episodes that immediately come to mind are like high watermark episodes of the series, like MIA mm-hmm. and leap home. You know what I mean? They're yeah. not, they're not played against Seymour, not that played against Seymour isn't a good episode, but, but this is not one of the episodes that I put on my but, list, you know, but like, but, but like <laughs> the way they talk to each other is so real. Like the way that, you know the 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 real dig that that Sam makes on Al about you know I think with my head I don't confuse you know I I don't think with uh, I think with my head and I don't cloud my judgment with a bottle that's it but even before that like Al's line of like hey you haven't been getting any lately right you know ah oh, it's just there's something that's a little bit more real to it than what we get yeah uh, a lot of other times I think it's worth noting just from and we'll get into this mythology more. This is the last time Al's alcoholism is brought up until play ball in season four. Wow. Because I think after this episode, they just kind of drop that whole thing. Because they, they they make a lot of jokes out of it, the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and arguably in uh the right hand of God, because he's constantly tired, but you, you figure maybe there's a little, you know, hungover, right, right. hungover in there. Which definitely opens up a lot of questions because at this particular point in time, uh, you know, when Sam leaps, I, I think it, while it's never fully established, like in canon, if you will, but I, you know, I would go so far as to say that, you know, he's sober at that point. Because, 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 you know, Sam's the one that, you know, as, as so the story goes, yeah, you know, Al's like a drunken mess banging on a vending machine and Sam's the yeah. one that, you know, kind of 
rescues him out of the doldrums. And so I, you know, to me, it would seem that he would have, have you know, been sobered up at that point. And so you, more, you know, yeah. begs the question of like, how much is, you know, is Sam leaping affecting Al and his sobriety, you know? I don't know. Here's the thing. I've said it before. I've said it in other episodes and I've said it on, on Twitter recently. Uh, in my head canon, Al first season is different from Al second season. Somewhere between first and second season, Sam makes some change in history. <laughs> and we go from uh, from the Al who's a drunk, the Al who went to MIT, the Al who was an astronaut. Somehow history gets changed and he becomes retired Admiral Guerrero Macalavici. I wonder what episode. Head cannon, you can't fight with it. It's mine. It's mine. <laughs> you can't take it away. Anyway, no. uh, acting, acting, I gave it 8 out of 10. Nice. Right on. Uh, on, the, on the same page there. Yeah. Uh, all right, production values. Uh, so, th- th- you know, this episode, I, it gets some high marks in the production values category because – some of the some of the locations that they use, and I mean, the hotel obviously is incredible. It's a very famous hotel. I can't remember the name of it right now, um, mm-hmm. where a lot of other things have been filmed. Um, there, the um, you know the scene at the club, um, you, you know with the with the the band and, and the dancing and everything is so well done. The hangar, the airplane, like so much of this stuff, it's like it, they really, really went all out to make it look and feel exactly like they wanted to, um, you know, to kind of be that homage to to you know those 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 bogey movies from you know the forties, and uh, mm-hmm. and it works so well. Um, you know, maybe there are a couple of moments where it it dips out here or there for one reason or another. For instance, when you can clearly tell that that is Scott Bakula's stunt double and not Scott Bakula at all hanging in the elevator. Like, it's bad. At one point, like, you're looking at it and, and, and like, it lingers just long enough. So you're just sort of like, wait, who's that in the... Oh, oh, no, that's that's still supposed to be Sam. I mean, one Blu-ray. Higher definition than, than <laughs> no, we I'd, ever expected to see, right. and to me, it's it's kind it's kind of like the conceit of uh, you know we talked about the few episodes with Star Cross, like when they're driving in front of a backdrop and they're obviously driving in front of a backdrop. Sure, sure. It's the same kind of conceit of like it's a stunt double. Like when I watch an old Incredible Hulk episode, <laughs> I know it's not Bill Bigsby in green makeup. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Not quite the same thing, but you know. Uh, Unless it's that episode where he gets trapped in between transformations, in, in between the two, and then oh god. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. yeah, no, I know, but you know, all that said, just to kind of keep my rating honest, I, you know, I mean, I am looking at the Blu-ray and I am, you know, watching it in high definition, and I am seeing all of those things stick out. So I, I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to give it too high of a score based off of that. But at the same time, I felt like you know, again, it it. it it's pretty incredible some of the stuff that they pull off on this show that didn't have a super high budget. Uh, I gave it an eight. All right, I gave it the same. And I don't know if I have much more to add. And it's just moving along. Let's just move it along. <laughs> so here we go, mythology. So this mm-hmm. is a very interesting episode for me when it comes to mythology because there's not a lot of overt um, stuff that 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 really kind of digs into any of the 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 myth of the show. Um, but I did end up giving it a six. And the main reason is because, yeah, the, the bar conversation uh, between Sam and Al, I think that that conversation that they have at the bar is um, it not only furthers their relationship and gets us a little bit more invested in the relationship of our two principal characters, but it also reminds us that Sam has been doing this a while now and that that he is, you know, that he is clearly being deprived of certain things. And I'm not just talking sex here, but just even that that physical closeness with, you know, the people that he that he loves, you know, the idea that like he can't he can't touch Al. He can't pat Al on the back. He can't get a hug from his best friend. And we're going to talk mm-hmm. a lot about that during Honeymoon Express because that's one of the things during Honeymoon Express that breaks my heart. Uh mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I remember when we, when we watched it for the first go around, I got choked up uh, on one occasion during that episode because of mm-hmm. of, you know, their relationship and i think that this episode it does it does enough to further that it does enough to remind us of the toll that sam's leaping is taking him that this is not a you know this doesn't dive below that five mark it actually gets a six from me because of those things um 
And, you know, and, and there's, there's this, there's cute little moments that I enjoy about the story too. Uh, you know, that Sam's read this book before, you know, that he's not having deja vu, that he's not, mm-hmm. you know, see that he's read sure. this book. Like, it's just that nice reminder of that, like, you know, th- this is a guy with, with a past that, you know, that, that, that reads books, plays instruments, has friends, had a life, you know, all these things. And now here he is unable to get home. And so those little, those little things that they do every once in a while, I think it does enough for me to further, you know, the mythology, not only of, of the show, but obviously of the character and, and, and those two characters in sure. particular. So gets a six for me. Great. Uh, yeah, we we should have touched on this probably in the writing, but I love that aspect of of the story. Is like he's having the stage vu at the start of yes. the episode, and watching it today, I kind of wish they kind of let that go a little bit longer. Same here, because uh, they only did a couple a couple of instances, and there's like, oh, I read the book, and I wish they kind of let that like let that go a little bit more. Um, Especially because one of the things that succeeds so well in this episode is the voiceover narration, and that's the one thing though that I wish they sometimes would have gone a little bit further with. Um, mm-hmm. it, you know, cause it's like, it, it, it treads that line sometimes of it being just Sam's voiceover narration and then sometimes being, you know, Sam as Nick voiceover yes. narration. And I kind yeah. of wish they would have pushed that maybe a little further too. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, cause it's such a, it's such a trope of those types of films that I think it would have been a lot of fun to play with a little bit more. And I think that if they would have extended the mystery of how he knew all this stuff, that that would have allowed them more opportunities to do exactly that before he find out that he'd read the book before. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a minor quibble. And like you said, kind of goes back there, to yeah. the writing, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I get but where sure, you're yeah. from. Uh, and then as far as the mythology goes, like I said, there's so much in that scene at the bar and then the aftermath of it in the, in the car, like the, the three-way scene between Sam and uh, Seymour and Al, where Sam kind of apologizes to Al as best he can in front of another person. Yes. Yes. And to me, it's, and it's again, um, an instant early on in the series where you, you really get the idea that Sam and I were best friends. Yeah. Because the first few episodes, you don't get that. The first few episodes, you don't get the idea that, that Al is really invested in Sam as a person and whether or not he actually gets home. Right. Uh, so just between those two things, I actually gave it an eight out of 10. Nice. I can, I know I can see that. I, I really can. I'm not going to adjust my score, but sure. I can <laughs> totally, I, I totally get your reasons mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. I, 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 I think that that's, um, it's very true that, that there are a lot of episodes throughout season one that, yeah, it doesn't, it, we don't get the closeness, you know, there are mm-hmm. times when it feels like maybe it's being built a little bit, even as early as star crossed. Um, mm-hmm. you know, there's some moments I think where it feels that way, but overall, if you look at the season as a whole, I agree. I, mm-hmm. I totally agree with you that this yeah. episode really kind of seems to solidify that. And when they open season two with Honeymoon Express, it's like it could be it could not be any other way. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like by the time sure. we're through with Honeymoon Express, these two are best friends. They would take a bullet for one another. There is yeah. no you know, there is no other way to to even broach the topic of their friendship and their relationship. Like that's that's it. Um, yeah. Don't say Honeymoon Express fans. Honeymoon Express is one of the best episodes of the whole series. It's a good one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I'm just going to put this this out there, and this is based on the interview with uh, Caitlin Bassett and Ernie Hudson and uh, Raymond Lee on the the red carpet. And we'll... I'll remember, I'll put a link to it in the show notes in case you haven't seen it. It's like, it goes on for like 20 minutes. Like when you yeah, send me that they link, really, yeah. when you send me that link, I was like, oh, they're on the red carpet. This is going to be like two minutes at best. But then they just kept going. I was yep. like, oh, wow. And they, there's a lot of great material. Um, and, and you, you, you get the idea of like how invested these actors already are in the characters and like where they're going to go like thematically with some of their, with some of their characters. Yes. Um, but that is to say, just from what Caitlin Bassett said in, in her section of that interview, I have a feeling that like right from the get go in the new series, right from the pilot, you are going to know that, that Ben and Addison are very heavily invested in each other. Oh, you think so, Dennis? You think I, that's, you have a feeling about that? I have a feeling about that. I'm just saying. 
Uh, well, you know what else I've got a feeling about? I've got a feeling about uh, our, our overall ratings here. And before we get to our overall ratings, because we because we did not actually do it this time around, we usually do. I'm just going to tag this on right here if you've been listening this sure. whole time thinking, what are they doing? Um, so our Quantum Leap Revisited series, uh, capsule-sized reviews of the classic series with the mission to rank the show on a scale of 1 to 10 based on five different categories. Writing, directing, acting, production values, and mythology. Each category is weighted based on importance, or at least our thought of how important they should be. Writing, directing, and acting are each worth 25% of the average, uh, and production values are 15%, and mythology is just 10%. Our original reviews sought to stimulate discussion and contextualize the episode based on when it was set, when it aired, and when our discussion took place. We also provided lots of background information and behind-the-scenes information, uh, as well as our personal opinions of each episode, usually going scene by scene by scene by scene by scene. Uh, and they they were they were long, they were packed, they were dense, they were deep dives um, in, in every spirit of the word, in every spirit of the word. Is that even a... I don't know. Uh, COVID brain. Um, and we, we, we love that we were able to do that for the entirety of the series, and we encourage our listeners, if you have not heard those episodes, to go back and check them out, especially for your favorite episodes, and see if you agree with us or disagree with us, and furthermore, see if we agree with ourselves, because there is no doubt that our opinions have certainly evolved and changed over time, as some of the ratings that we are now doing on these capsule side reviews will show you. Um, we thought this would be a great way to revisit the episodes with only our opinion of the categories uh, previously mentioned, and give the listeners a compact rating of each episode of the classic series in the lead-up to the premiere of the new series in the fall of 2022. Um, so that's the whole deal here. Uh, we're, we're finishing up season one now. Um, and, and, and you know what? I think, uh, I think we should do something when we finish this uh, rating, actually. I'll, I'll pop that on you in a second here. Uh, so my okay. total score for Play It Again Seymour is a 7.8 or a 78%, which I feel like is really solid. Um, it, it, it ends up uh, being one of the higher rated episodes of the season for me. Um, and I think that, that there is no doubt that Quantum Leap did go out on a high note at the end of its first season. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, Dennis, what about you? What did you have? Mine ended up being 8.4. Nice. All right. Pretty high. Pretty highly rated. Fast and dirty. Rate the first season. Well, episode that by episode. See, that's what, that I was, what you were going to throw at me. I was totally yeah. going to throw that at you here. Um, okay. So, b- b- before before I do, uh, I do want to actually just do a quick little bit of math, if you'll allow me, because um, sure. I want to do the 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 actual numbers here, um, just for our listeners at home, if you're playing along, and then we'll sure. actually do uh, the you know, the, the, the short of it as well. Um, but I, you know, overall, um, I think that the first season, it, it, it has some, some issues. Um, it, it's not always successful. Um, but I do think that ultimately, um, it gives us a good reason for the show to be, um, it, it gives us, it, 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 it it gives us enough to know that this is a show that, that should be picked up. You know what I mean? This is a show that should not just languish, uh, in, in the, the, the first season cancellation, um, pit that so many other, you know, good shows or decent shows that have shown a flicker, uh, of greatness, never got the chance to really spread their wings and fly. Uh, <laughs> you know, this wasn't, this wasn't a show with an established, um, um, uh, an, an established uh, franchise behind it or, or an up and coming franchise or something that they could revive like Star Trek or something where, you know, you, you gave a pass to it. It wasn't on syndication where you might give a pass to it. Um, it didn't have uh, like a, a star name or any star power behind it where you might give a pass to a, a middling or uneven first season. Um, you know, this was a show that did have obviously a, a big time producer and Don Belisario behind it. He had done some other successful programs at that point, but Ultimately, I do think that the show uh, succeeds mostly on uh, episodes that weren't written by Don Belisario and succeeds uh, off of the chemistry and the quality acting that we get from our our lead characters. Um, Overall, if I if I go through all the ratings of the episodes and and do an average uh, of the total, the season gets a 74 percent or 7.4 out of 10. Um, which I'm comfortable with. I think that's a good representation of season one overall. You know, we get, we get the amazing run in those last three episodes of color of truth, kamikaze kid and play it against Seymour played against Seymour being the lesser of those three, but still being higher rated than all of the previous episodes with the exception of the pilot. So 
I, I, that's not to be an indictment of Starcrossed, Right Hand of God, how the test was won, or Double Identity. There's things to like in those episodes, but I do think that when you boil it down, we kind of had a 50-50 season. You had four really strong, good examples of Quantum Leap, um, and four uh, examples of Quantum Leap, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to do the math because I'm not as organized as you because I don't have all of those. <laughs> sure, sure. Like, like what the overall rating of the season was. Uh, like if Quantum Leap had only lasted one season, how much of a cult status do you think it would have? If at all. At eight episodes, I think it would have been pretty much forgotten. I, I, I think that there's a chance that it would be, you know, it'd be one of those shows that maybe people talked about on a message board for like old sci-fi TV shows. But sure. I, that would be about it. I don't think it would have ever seen any sort of, you know, DVD or Blu-ray release, obviously. Oh, God, no. I, you yeah. know, I don't know that it, that, you know, maybe sci-fi would have like, aired it at midnights on Saturday nights. You oh, know, is okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Uh, just, just for eight weeks, just to fill program space or something. But yeah, it would have been that curiosity that had Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell in it. You know, Bakula would have gone on to kind of grind it out for a while before he maybe hit on something. I think, you know, yeah. Stockwell, his career was pretty much already in the bag at that point. He didn't have to do too much more if he didn't want to. So, yeah, I think overall, I, yeah, it would. What about you? What do you think? I, don't, I think just from the premise alone, I, I am I can see a world where the like the premise was dug out of mothballs. Oh, to reboot it. yeah. You know, I, I yes, I could totally see that. I could totally see that. Or at the very least, somebody would have done something like it. Somebody yeah. at some point would have been, you know, like, oh, you, do you ever remember that that show Quantum Leap about the guy, you know, in time where I could totally see, you know, like 2002, you know, CW or, or WB rather, sure. or whatever, you know, yeah. that sort of show. Only only Sam would now be like, you know, 24. And, oh, God. Uh, yeah. You know, washboard anyway, abs. Yeah. And <laughs> sure. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so here, yeah, so here's my rating of the season going down the list here. And this was just like fast and dirty. Not too much thought. Color Truth, Kamikaze Kid played against Seymour, the pilot, How the Test Was One, Right Hand of God, Star Cross, Double Identity. You know, I think, okay, so so I didn't, I didn't realize we were going to do it that way. Uh, let me take a quick look at this because I think we have very, very similar. Uh, let's see. So I've got. Color of Truth, Kamikaze Kid, The Pilot, Played Again, Seymour, um, Right Hand of God. Ooh, this is interesting. I have Double Identity, Star-Crossed, and How the Test Was Won. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, Fast and Dirty. There it is. There it is. There we go. There it is. Um, All right, we... I, this has been fun. I, I just have to say, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that we're doing this, and and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what the journey on season two is like. I know initially we, you know, the the thought was that we would only do kind of like our our sort of essentials before sure. the, the the new series airs, which we will do an episode with our essential episodes, uh, just as, as kind of a list before the the revival series begins. Um, but in the meantime, this has been fun. I'm looking forward fun. to seeing what we do with season two. Yeah, uh, yeah. Me too. We haven't talked about it because I know we got like, well, we're going to do season one every episode. We hadn't decided for season two, but let's talk about that off mic. Let's figure out if you have feedback, if you have ideas, uh, do you want us to do all of season two or I think at this select, point, select episodes? We kind of have to, <laughs> we, we, we got some time to fill before, before October, at least four, um, yeah, four months. Yeah. And a little preview, just give me a heads up. Uh, and then we're going to get out of your ears here. Um, what we're planning to do when the new series launches is that we don't know what platform we're going to be on, but we are going to do live watch parties. Um, so you can like watch along quietly, uh, you know, make comments or whatever. Um, but, you know, everybody will be muted, like watch along. And then immediately after Sam and I, we're going to be recording our, um, we're going to be recording our episode and dropping it Tuesday morning. Yeah. Because it airs on Mondays, right? Yeah, right after the voice. That's yeah, right. Yep. yeah. Um, and then we'll drop it Tuesday mornings. Episodes will be full of spoilers, so don't listen to us until you have a chance to watch the show. Yeah, yeah. 
I can't believe, I cannot believe, I mean, I never thought for one second that, that I would ever actually do something on a show that was currently airing. <laughs> <laughs> Just because my taste and everything. Yeah, yeah uh, exactly. Sure. Everything I love either gets canceled or has been off the air. For there, years. Uh, yeah, that's not true. Uh, There's been plenty of great shows since then. And, and it was a last note, and we'll get out of here. I did think about briefly just doing a solo uh, Time Traveler's Wife podcast because the new series is on HBO. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I don't know if there, there there is no there is no Time Traveler's Wife podcast out there because I love yeah. like the only thing are, are like like one off episodes from other podcasts sure, that talk sure. about not, that, that talk about books and they're talking about the book right um but uh i am i'm loving the new show it's on hbo uh, it's a six episode season one i'm not clear whether there's supposed to be a season two or if it's a self-contained thing or whatever uh i'm loving it it's getting dragged by critics i don't know i'm trying to get sam to watch it uh let us know in the comments or whatever if you're interested uh if we just like if we just do like a one episode thing yeah. where we just talk about it and I can come in as the expert because I've read the novel at least three times and you know, you have it and you just yeah. watch the series and then would list, you know, I think that sounds like a, f- a lot of fun. We should do that. I mean, obviously last year before the, the announcement of, of the revival series, we were doing one-off episodes about all sorts of stuff. Um, yeah. whether it was, you know, an MCU show or we talked about the good place at one point we talked, you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, again, it's kind of the freedom that I always envisioned for naming the podcast fates wide wheel, um, mm-hmm. is that we would be able to kind of just land wherever we wanted to and, and leap around and talk about what we wanted to. Um, but, uh, out of the circumstances, we get to talk about quantum leap a whole lot more, which is exciting. And, and yes. I'm looking forward to that. Um, I will just throw out there before we get out of here that uh, if you're looking for other things to watch, Obi-Wan Kenobi is is is, is going on. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two episodes dropped on my birthday. Uh, they were amazing. I loved them. I'm not going to spoil anything in case you haven't seen them. Um, of course, it's the most watched premiere in Disney Plus history, so I'm pretty sure that you, if you listen to this, you've probably seen it or, or maybe you've, you've heard of it. Uh, and uh, the third episode was great. That dropped today because uh, we're recording on a Wednesday. Um, also, a show that I'm sure other people that are listening to this are very familiar with and are probably gonna be like yeah duh barry i finally started watching barry because i have to isolate i'm sitting down here with nothing to do i threw barry on i binged the first season like it was nothing mm-hmm. what a brilliant show what a brilliant show it's written so well uh bill Hader is incredible the the highs the lows the you know the comedy the the really dark brutal drama of it uh just so incredibly well done it deserves all the praise that i've that i've read and heard about it uh over the past couple of years and uh looking forward to to continuing the journey i'm a couple episodes into season two um it's weird because i had read a couple of things after i finished season one uh and one of the reviewers even stated like uh or actually i think this was after the season two premiere that the show was so good in the first season if they would have stopped after one season like it still would have just been like amazing great incredible and they could have mm-hmm. just ended it there uh but the second but the second season kicks off in a, an amazing way uh as well so you know the reviewer was like i'm glad they didn't i hope that it runs you know for as long as they want it to sure but they they did such an amazing job that had they just stopped it still would have been this great amazing like groundbreaking show so um gets it gets a super high recommendation for me that's awesome yeah excellent speaking uh shows first season second season whatever uh russian doll gotta gotta see it here's the thing first season absolutely phenomenal second season starts off strong i can't decide if the second season actually said something or if they just wrote themselves into a corner and at the end they just got weird for weird sake and they just 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 gonna throw just gonna throw a bunch of stuff at you Uh, i think we mentioned it before on the podcast but like it in addition to quantum leap, you know, getting the revival series and being in, you know, in the, in the news for that, like every reviewer that reviewed Russian doll season two talked about quantum leap in their review um, it, it, because it's it, it very is. quantum leap like, because she is leaping like yeah. basically into family members, right? Like, yes. Yeah. yeah. Whereas season one was very much like groundhog day. Season yeah. two was very much like leaping into starting with her mom back in the 1980s. And then at one point, like going even, further back into the past like world war ii era mm. but it is very much like uh I, I don't know if the the show runners the show creators like if that was their intention but as soon as they realized the connection like they leaned into it like yeah. 
like in the last episode, like they're talking about something and uh, Natasha Leon, the main character, like she literally says to the other main character, like, yeah, that's Quantum Leaping 101. <laughs> nice. Very, very uh, nice. I need to go back and rewatch the last few episodes because like I said, I can't decide whether it actually said something or for whether it just got weird for weird sake. Yeah. Um, but just as far, but as far as like some of the, uh, from, from the production standpoint, like the things that like they did with like the mirror and how they explored like Natasha versus the person whose life she was inhabiting and how they jumped back and forth between those two things. I really do hope quantum leap picks up. Mm picks up some of those things because like they will cut away and they will show like other people's perspective and like the mom interacting instead of Natasha Leon. Oh, interesting. Like, like, like you hear, yeah. like, you, like you hear the mom talking. Uh, yeah. And I would love that. Her moving around. It's yeah. one of the things that we talked about that the, you know, the, the classic series I think could have benefited from because while most episodes are purely from Sam's point of view, so it makes sure that we see, so it makes sense that we see, Scott Bakula. There are scenes where it is clearly from another character's point of view. And rather than seeing Sam talking to thin yeah. air, it would have been really interesting to see the leapy talking to thin air or whatever. Um, and I, and that would be that I, I would love that if they do that in the, in the new show, you know, I, I don't I, know, obviously what the plan is or logistically, or, you know, even when it comes to contracts and SAG and et cetera, et cetera, what they can do, what they don't want to do, what they want to pay for or not want to pay for. But I think it would be a great idea. I can't imagine that they that they won't. And here's the last one, and then I promise we're going to get out of yours. Uh, I, I hope that they adopt the good places uh, strategy. I can't think of the right word right now. Of um, when Janet popped in and out somewhere on the good place, they didn't do like they didn't do like you know stop the camera, have her walk off frame, or whatever. They didn't have it like pop out like Al does in the old series. They would always change the camera angle. Yeah, with the sound effect. So you never actually saw like a special effect. It was just like the changing of a camera angle. Right. I hope they do. I hope they do that with Addison. Well, the wonderful the thing. Series. The wonderful thing. Can I say this? No, I probably can't say that. All right. Uh, <laughs> I just have a feeling that the first time we see Addison, it's yeah. It, it'll be it'll be cool. Uh, it'll yeah. be different. It'll be a little different. Anyway. Um, yeah, well, and Stranger Things also is, is dropped, the first part of Stranger Things Season 4. I've only watched the first episode because that's something that Jessica and I, my wife, Jessica and I, sure. uh, watched together, and we haven't been able to do that, <sighs> which I just want to cry because I miss them I so much. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm literally FaceTiming my own family while I'm in my own house. It's 2022. How the hell yeah. did I get COVID in June of 2022? Anyway. Hang um, in there. You know what? Thank you so much, everyone, for your time, um, for for listening, for your comments, for your emails, for your for your patronage. That that means so much to us. Really, truly appreciate it. If you have a little extra money, if you're looking to do something with it, again, I'll say my standard. Get back to your community in some way. You know, donate donate to a food bank. Um, if you want to donate wider, uh, you know, I will always recommend Doctors Without Borders. Um, Doctors Without Borders, in addition to being uh, amazing at providing critical health care for people all across the world that cannot get it, um, it's important to note. I think in this particular time, in this particular day and age, I do believe that we're a global community. And Doctors Without Borders performed over thirty thousand safe abortions for people that needed it last year alone, um, or 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 unfortunately helped with, I believe, somewhere around. 19,000 women who suffered from botched abortions. Um, so I think it's incredibly important to, to support such a cause as that. Um, and, uh, you know, take care of yourselves, take care of one another leap responsibly. Uh, I said that a few weeks ago and I love it. So I'm just keeping it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, if, if you have a little money after you've donated to those other causes and you want to give it to us, then by all means, um, we promise to use it in ways that hopefully we'll all benefit from, we'll all enjoy. Um, and we hope to have some really interesting conversations coming up very very soon um with with some with some cool people so um yeah. stay tuned uh make sure you check out the quantum leap podcast again uh, that episode with the show and tell of quantum leap uh, collections i think will be dropping soon if it hasn't already by the time this episode drops um but it was such a great time um so thanks to albie for for having me on it was it was awesome to be able to talk with everyone um and get to kind of meet you know face to face with people like um like allison and brian who i'd never met before um <laughs> so it was it was a great time and I really, really appreciate it. Dennis? Let's leap out of here. Let's leap out of here. Take care, everybody. <laughs> All right. Yeah. See you next week. Bye-bye.
If I- 